0: You're listening to the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about strategies that you can do when it comes to playing a team that, you know, is probably better than you on paper. Maybe they have a much better record than you. And to be quite honest, you know that, you know, that team is a much better skilled team than you are. Well, how do you approach a game like that? How do you plan for a game like that? You know, what are the conversations you're having with your team? Do you just tell them, hey, you know what? we're going to lose or do you try to compete and win and in our case here there is an actual strategy there are some things that i want to make sure that you're doing when you play against that team that you know is a much better team than you are how do we approach that game so it's an episode you don't want to miss stay tuned The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 136 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball. We are getting started. Well, actually, we're continuing to move along in 2023. I know a lot of coaches out there are now getting into their seasons. Uh, some of you are actually starting to plan for some off-season, which is kind of cool. I know a lot of varsity coaches and other high school coaches across the nation are working on their March plans, trying to get back started up in March with l- the limitations that you can. And, and then many of you were in your club seasons, well on in your club seasons, and uh, you know it's, it's an exciting time. An exciting time to to be a volleyball coach right now, that's for sure. Well, this episode... Well, actually, how about this? Let me introduce myself. Hey, my name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the podcast. To all my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? And for my regular listeners, as always, you know how much I appreciate you tuning in to another episode where the goal every episode is to deliver value Deliver tangible, step-by-step strategies that you can take back to your gym and apply right away, and that's the goal. That's the plan for today's episode. I'm hoping that you know I can be able to deliver that to you guys. So let's let's talk about the topic today, which is you know we're talking about what what happens when you go against a team that you know is 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 better. I mean, let's let's call it what it is you know they're a better team, they're better ranked, they're better skilled, etc. You, you, your team just isn't there yet. And that happens. That happens to majority of the teams. You're going to play against a team. And at some point in time, again, and this is majority, I'm not talking about all teams. Yes, you're going to have the number one, number two, number three teams where there's they're always going to be competitive no matter who you play against. But then you're always you're also going to have, you know, some lower tier level teams that are going to play against really good teams and teams that we, we all know are going to win. But as a coach, you know, as a coach, you're trying to be competitive. You know, you're trying to make sure that you provide the best game plan, the best strategies, whatever you want to call it. You want to make sure you're providing something for your team. And there is there is a, a way I want you to think about approaching this when you're playing against a much better team than you are now the first thing is is your mindset okay if you are already thinking about how to tell your team that we're going to lose this match that's a problem okay I mean I know you say well let's be realistic and absolutely let's be realistic and when I say realistic we want to talk about creating a game plan let's create a game plan against a team that is much better than us. Let's try to put together the best game plan possible. Let's try to, if we have a practice before this game, let's try to have a great practice that's going to put ourselves in the best position to compete. And that is the approach that we want to take. So your mindset has to be in the right place when you know you're playing against a better team. It doesn't matter who it is. You have to have that mindset. So Let's talk about a couple things in your game plan that I want to. I want you to write this down. If you're driving, don't write this down. Uh, come back to me. But if you're not driving, these are some things that I think are important to write down. So let's talk about number one. How does this team beat you? Really, and, and this is something you can ask yourself regardless of who you play, to be quite honest. How does this team beat you? I want you to scout your team. So this is something that we practice. I, I have an assistant coach who watches film on our team. And they create a scouting report based on if they were acting like they were playing us. Like he, like this coach was playing our team, here's a scouting report. We do this quite a bit. It's a great exercise to do to see where your weaknesses are and how another team would beat you. Sometimes I may ask another coach that is not a member of our staff to create a game plan against us, and let's see. And this strategy, if you're not using it, it's a fantastic one because sometimes Sometimes you're too close to the to the team to realize, you know, maybe there's a weakness you might have missed, or it just reaffirms the you know the weaknesses you know already exist and that you have to continue to work on them. But it's a fantastic exercise to do, and it opens up your eyes, especially your team eyes too, because you know what we do is when we do a scouting report, we're normally doing a scouting report on the other team, and that's what we have our our, our sessions like our, we have a team meeting, we go over a scouting report for an upcoming game, and it's about the other team. Imagine. Having a team meeting and going over a scouting report on how a team would beat you—it it would be a cool, cool way to do. It. And and sometimes those conversations are a bit uncomfortable, by the way, because you know when I do a scouting report, I say, hey, we're gonna go after this player, or we're gonna serve this team because the weakest, or 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 something, or, or you know, like, and that's tough. If, if I say in a team meeting, hey, we're gonna go after this player, we're we're essentially putting that player on notice that they're a a there there's. They are a weakness to this team in, in in a certain way, so it's a bit tough. But if you have the trust and you know you have the culture that's built in your in your program, then you could do things things like these. All right, so let's talk about that's your game plan. Okay, so that's so l- that's part of your game plan. And now let's talk about what are the other team's weaknesses and how do they get beat. Now I want to make a clear distinction here. When I talk about the other team's weaknesses, yes, I want to make sure I know what their weaknesses are. But I also want to know, how how does a team beat that team? How does a team exploit those weaknesses? Now, the key distinction is here, is I'm not saying, how do we beat them? I'm saying, how does anyone beat them? And the reason that that's a distinction is because sometimes, you know, if you are just focused on your team, like, for example, if we just focus on, well, we, it would be nice if we could you know, hit this shot because that shot is given, but your team can't hit that shot, then you wouldn't think about it. So the, I want you to look at it from a lens of any team. How does any team beat that team? And you make, you make your notes. You write it all down. And then at the end, you go back to those notes and you look and see, what can we do out of all the things that I say. So I'll give you a simple example. If you're playing against a much better team that doesn't block line really well, but your team can't hit line, I still want you to make a note of it, and now when you go through all the notes you made about how to beat that team, and you come across that note where it says, if you can swing line, you have a good chance of scoring, you can let, well, you know what? We can't do that. I need to make a note of it because this is something we should be doing. So it it also... In, and from a standpoint of a coaching, we can now look and say, well, if we were able to do these things, we'd put ourselves in a better position to beat this team. And now guess what? That goes into your practice planning. So you see how looking at it from that lens also helps you identify things that you need to work on too, because we won't be able to beat this team without certain things. So you look at it from a lens of any team, and that will help you, especially in, in, a, in a developmental mindset and a long-term mindset, get your team ready to beat that next level. Okay, so after you write all these things down about, you know, the other team's weaknesses and how does another team beat them, now we can kind of focus on, well, how do we beat them? Okay, what what can we do within our scope of our skill level to to beat this team? And then you make your notes. Sometimes it may not be very many things you can do, but sometimes it may be a couple things and, you know, those are there's always something you can do no matter what level you are. Like, for example, if you know... That they they have a really dominant left side. Maybe you guys decide to serve that left side, put up a, a you know a three person screen in front of the net, a legal screen, and serve right over top to try to make that ball have the make it so difficult on that left side to pass that they are taken out of the offense if you do that efficiently. That's a strategy you could absolutely use. That no matter what skill level you are, that's something you could try to do. So there are. There are certain things you are you are 100% going to be able to attempt to game plan and strategize against the team that is that is pretty good, okay? So the message here is you have to treat it like any other game, and preparation is key. You want to make sure that the worst thing is when you have a team meeting or you're, you're, you're briefing about this game, and your players know that you don't think they have a shot, or your players... Know that you're you're kind of half assing it. You're not putting the same amount of effort you would put if we were playing a beatable team. You know, in that regard, like sometimes, and, and I'm not I'm trying I'm not trying to knock on coaches. So coaches, please, I, you know, no disrespect whatsoever here. But there are, you know, there are a lot of situations. There are a lot of times where I know coaches will go against a team that's way better than them, and because of that, not put a hundred percent effort like they would against a team that they know they could beat. Because they, are, they think they, their time is well spent in other areas or they just, you know, they know we're not going to win. So why waste our time? You can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. Which leads me to my next point. One mistake, like, like obviously like coaches telling the team we're going to lose. You, you don't want to go into your team huddle and say, hey guys, I, I know we're probably going to lose this game. They're, they're a much better team, but just, you know, do your best or try. No, no, this is the language. Okay. The language is very simple when you play against a team that you know is better than you, and this is it. This is how we beat them. That's it. You don't say about anything, oh, they're better than... Okay, this is how we beat them. We have to do X, Y, and Z. And if we do that, we have a shot at being competitive in this game and winning. I don't care if who's on the other side of the floor. That is how you approach that game. This is how you beat them, and this is what we're going to have to do. And whether win or lose at least we had a game plan. At least the language and the narrative was in the right direction because that's what we want. Okay. Now the other thing, so not this is, I mean, that's kind of like a, an overall big strategy. It's kind of one big strategy, which is gate game planning and preparation, but also in that strategy, you also find weaknesses in their team. And there's also, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of little strategies in the game planning strategy in itself. Now the big second, second big idea here that I think is important to note is I want you to continue to coach during the game, regardless of the score. So here, and I, I, I don't know, I don't have a stat exactly, but I can tell you, ninety percent of the times when I see a lower seed team play a much higher seed team who is much better, They the coaches will start off the match coaching, and then when the score becomes lopsided, they stop coaching. And that is a problem because you just told your players that you gave up. You threw in the towel. You just told them that. And here are some of the things that I see happen. And I'm, and I'm not bashing coaches. I, I hope I don't sound like I am, but I apologize if, if it's coming off that way. But I'm just trying to make you understand where I'm coming from. I'll see in a volleyball match too. By the way, I'll see a team. You know, the coach calls their first timeout, and then after that, it didn't work. And the other team goes up by ten, and they don't use their second timeout anymore. They don't call it. They're just like, ah, "What's the point?" I mean, they don't say that. But I I see it in their in their body language. You know, the other team is scoring. They're on a run, and we just we're just not calling another timeout. Why? In in my notes here, I have this in capital letters, and I want you to put this, if you're writing notes here, coach the game. You coach the game. You utilize your timeouts just like you would in any other match. You coach the game to the best of your ability. And if you do that, this would result, at least it should result in your players continuing to put forth effort. To be competitive, to put to try to try, because you can't expect your players to continue trying and giving you that hundred percent effort if you're not. And I, and I, and again, I see it all the time when your coaches are playing as a much better team. All of a sudden, they'll sit down and they may give a little feedback here and there, but they're not in the game anymore. They gave up, and you can't do that. You know, we played. Unfortunately, we had a we had a um, a road trip this week, and we split. We split games. Uh, we were one and one. Just, it's a quick road trip. One and one. And the, when we played, we played against a team on the very first night. We we got de- we got demolished. That they, they 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 played. They outplayed us. And then, thankfully, we bounced back the second day, and you know we, we won. But regardless, that first game, we were getting beat. We were in their gym, their crowd, momentum was on their side, it, it, and no excuses. I'm not trying to make excuses at all. They, they beat us, without a doubt. But, you know, our, the, 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 it was in a, we were in a very much a bigger arena than we're normally used to playing at, and anytime you're in a really big arena, the ball moves differently. It, it's, it's a different environment. Right? The, the spatial awareness changes, and, and I'm not trying to make that an excuse but it really affected our players. And in that first set, listen to this. In the first set, we had nine serving errors in the very first set. First set alone, we had nine serving errors. And here's the kicker. We lost 26-24 in the first set. Isn't that incredible? Nine serving errors, and we lost 26-24 in the first set unbelievable right like as a coach that was that was so frustrating to know that we could have we could have easily won that game if we just got the ball over the net you know what i mean like and got the ball in anyways so here's the thing okay momentum shifted in that match and it shifted all towards because all towards the other team and they were in that in the third set they, they they beat us bad in the third set they beat us and they controlled that set and no matter what and i'm not trying to you know i'm not trying to make myself seem like the great coach here but I want to demonstrate what what I saw, and I continued to coach. I called the timeouts when I needed to. I drew up plays when I needed to. I was interacting with my assist my uh, my setter all the time to try to feed the mismatches, and my players saw that. And I and I'm not saying that they would have acted differently if I didn't do that, but I can guarantee you that helped in making sure they stayed focused, and they did. They were focused, no matter what the score was, they were focused, they were trying to execute, and even though they kept getting beat, they still were there, and they were competitive. And here was the tell that I was I was really, it, it kind of validated what, I was, what I'm describing here, is that in the coach's timeout, so I, I didn't hear this in the game, obviously, but we have like a, you know when you watch volleyball, or when you watch professional sports on TV, Sometimes they'll have like a big boom mic over the huddle, like a mic over the huddle so you can kind of hear what's happening in the huddle. So there was a mic over the, uh, over their team's huddle. And even though they were up huge on us, they were going to win three Oh, their coach was still telling them this team can come back at any moment. You need to put them away now. He might've said it in different words, but that was basically what he said. This, like this team will come back. You need to put them away. And that to me you know, validated what, who we are, is you don't don't ever count us out, because we've proven time and time again that we stick to our principles, we are a defensive-minded team, and there is no game that you can ever count us out regardless of the score, because we, we, have, we have made some big comebacks. Unfortunately, we shouldn't have been down to make those comebacks, but you know what? It is what it is. We've, we have made those comebacks. So that validated it. And, and it, I know I, I sound like I'm, I'm preaching here, and, and I apologize if, I, if it sounds like that, but this is a big message because I this is a problem in our sport that I've seen. And I've seen people give up when they play against better teams and they don't coach the game. Because let's talk about the byproduct of this now. All right. This is an opportunity for you to to, to experiment, to try to do some things that you may not be trying in a regular game because, you know, you may you may be nervous too. But now you have if you're getting dominated by another team, you got nothing to lose. Coach try to make these in-game adjustments, experiment with certain in-game adjustments. Maybe run that play you were working on. You know, we I made a bunch of different play calls to catch the defense off guard and we executed a couple of them and it worked. And that's great. But this is where you get a chance, you get the opportunity to to, to have fun experiment, coach. You know, do different things that you might you might think could could help you win. You know, I have my assistant coaches still I'm still going I'm still going to them and say, "Hey, and they'll tell me hey, that middles releasing early. let's go to the right side. Okay, great. thank you for letting me know that in case I missed it. Still coaching, still creating situations for us to have to be successful. And what happens is that when you have a post game, now you can you can have a conversation, a legitimate conversation with your with your team about, well, talk talk about the in-game adjustments we made, talked about how we approached the game, talked about how they beat you or if you get a set on them, how they, how'd you get that set. There's a lot more conversation that can happen versus if you just sat down and watch that team beat your team and then go back and talk about it afterwards. There is so much more that you can gain. So I want you to I want to flip your mindset here on when you're losing to a much better team, it's a, there's an opportunity in that. Huge opportunity. Uh, an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to experiment, an opportunity to really demonstrate who you are as a coach. All right? And it speaks volume when you don't stop competing speaks a lot of volume. I got a ton of respect. We played a team that had zero wins. Zero wins. And we this is the second time we played them this season. And we were we were successful, you know, thankfully we won. You know, we won 3-0. But that team, I have a ton of respect for that team and that coaching staff because those boys, they never gave up. They competed. They were making adjustments. They were playing the game. And as a coach on the opposite side now, you know, we're the ones dominating the game. I, I would tell my players, Look, you see those touches, you see that defensive intensity, we got to turn it up because this is, a, this is a well-coached team and a team that is hungry to get that win. And those are the most dangerous teams, by the way. Teams that are at the last place, they're very, very dangerous because they're looking for that win. They got nothing to lose. They're going to put it all on the line. And you don't want to be and and it's it's yeah keeping that mindset of you know gas put pedal on the gas sorry foot on the gas apologize foot on the like they you got to be very very intentional about that with your team because teams like that are dangerous so anyways I, I saw it on the other side and I had a conversation with the coach after I told him you know fantastic job they 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 were coming along and they got so much better since the last time we played them and they're gonna be a great team in the future because you can see the culture there and that coach I have a ton of respect for. So long story short, I mean, I I kind of been rambling here a little bit. I apologize. But basically, you know, to summarize here, when you're playing against a team that's better than you, there's a lot of positives that are going to come out of this game. You're going to game plan. You're going to learn more about your team when you game plan during the process. We talked about identifying how does a team beat you, scout your own team, game plan for yourself then talk about the other team's weakness and don't look at it from a lens right away from how you beat them look at it from a lens of how does any team beat this team what are their what are they weak what are their weaknesses and then after you have your list of their weaknesses or things that you can people can exploit then you determine well what can you use on that list to exploit that team and try to beat them so you treat it like any other game preparation is key okay don't make the mistake of telling the other, telling your team that, hey, by the way, team, we're probably gonna lose this game. Don't even hint of losing being a possibility. You have a game. you stick to what you need to do to win. That's that's the conversation. And the second big idea of this episode is coach the game. It's an opportunity for you to coach the game with nothing to lose if the other team has a significant lead. And the momentum is there, and they're dominating the game, and you can can understand that. Coach the game. Utilize your timeouts. It is, listen, it is such a pet peeve of mine, and I don't understand why I see this. Volleyball is one of those sports I see it all the time. How are you coaches going to let it, and not you coaches here, because you coaches here are probably good, but in general when I see this. How does a coach let a team go on a 5-0 run or a 6-0 run without calling a timeout? It it blows my mind. We go to twenty five points. You you go. I mean, you go to twenty five points. A five zero run is twenty percent of the game. That is a six zero run. A seven zero run. We're getting. And then I see teams when there's a lead and you have a timeout left and you, we don't use it. It 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 blows my mind because that right off the back as a coach, I can see that that coach is giving up. And I guarantee you, the players have seen. The players know it too. <laughs> the players 100% know that you've given up, and I, I I refuse to to believe that that no, I refuse to give up as a coach. I refuse to give up, and I I encourage you to refuse to give up as well. So use it as an opportunity. Your players will thrive off that and see you coaching, and hopefully continue to give forth that effort. All right. So there's my little spiel for you about, you know, strategies when playing against a team that's better than you, I hope you got a chance to take a couple things away from this. Maybe even even when you play against teams that you are better than or are at the same level as you, you can still take some of these things away and apply it to those games as well, all right? And, you know, we talk a lot about this, you know, inside DVA. By the way, um, I had a, you know, I I opened doors to DVA a couple weeks ago, and I've been doing um, one-on-ones with players that sign up for, or sorry, coaches that sign up for the annual plan. And, game planning is a big part is a lot like I feel like coaches coaches are now realizing that just because you know volleyball like know how to you know know how to pass how to swing and all that stuff doesn't necessarily mean you're going to build a successful program it, it comes with you know so many it, it comes with so many other things like understanding how to create a program is a skill in itself and I'm, I'm happy I'm starting to see more coaches pay more attention to that and realizing that that's the missing ingredient to building that successful the ah, the successful volleyball program. So, uh, you know, if you're a coach that had a one-on-one with me, or you're a coach in DVA, you know, I I continue to encourage you guys to go to go inside DVA and continue to build your successful program. And if you're a coach out there who is not part of DVA and you'd like to learn more about it, head on over to DigitalVolleyballAcademy.com. The link is in the show notes, and I would love to you know get a chance for you to get to know a little bit about DVA and hopefully get a chance to work with you and, you know, teach you and bring you into my world and show you how to build that championship program with the system that I've designed that we've had, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of coaches go through and see amazing results, okay? So that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training, and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out coachbtraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.